Hey everyone, welcome to Founders 365 with me, Stephen Haggerty. Today, I am joined by Jermaine Muller. He is the founder of Future Theory. And if you're watching the video, it's, you know, the logo does just say Future The behind him. But he's working, <laughs> he's working on it. How are you doing today, man? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me, Stephen. How are you today? Yeah, man, good. Late for me, early for you, because you're all the way across the pond, like properly. I, I say across the pond to my American guests, but you're like properly across the pond yeah yeah you know jump over a continent and that, yeah. that's where we are 24 so. hour fly all of that stuff all the good oh, stuff it's yeah yeah proper proper other side of the world but it's good to join <laughs> you it's good to join no, you. i appreciate your time and i appreciate you being here the, the wonders of modern technology that we can even do this still blows my mind sometimes but hey 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 for, exactly i mean given i was talking to someone yesterday on a on an interview for our own podcast and um you know, coronavirus isn't amazing, but um, if there was any time in history where we can deal with it and cope with it much better, it's now because yeah. we can meet and we can chat without having to actually physically be there together. So it's fantastic. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, I'm sure we will jump into the whole coronavirus topic in due course as well. But first and foremost, I would love to discover what is future theory? What are you guys about? How do you start? And what are you, what, like, what's your focus? Yeah, awesome. So uh, Future Theory is a um, marketing design and website sort of consultancy um, based in Canberra, Australia. So we're in the capital of Australia. Um, we, we, like I said, focus on websites, marketing, design, branding, sort of the creative or design agency uh, service offering. Um, but our big thing is we take it from an angle of um, we make your goals come true. Now, it might sound like, you know, that's that's sort of what everyone, every marketing agency wants mm -hmm. to do or, or should want to do. But we've found that um, all over the world, a lot of agencies actually pick, you know, something that looks nice and something that gets them kudos more or, or over something that necessarily generates the results. Because if you look at the big big um, websites and accounts out there for, you know, say the McDonald's and the Nikes and the Pepsis of the world. Um, we've found that, you know, at that high level, um, people and agencies are much more likely to, you know, say um, there's a Kendall Jenner Pepsi commercial. So they're much more likely to put the budget towards uh, paying Kendall Jenner, um, who's, you know, part of the Kardashian family, um, rather than, let's say, execute on a campaign in a different way using, say, 10 uh, influencers or micro influencers who would have been it would have been the same budget but they sort of go for that higher claim um, stuff you know if you're in the US um, you always work towards the Super Bowl sort of having a Super Bowl ad you know mm -hmm. a five million dollar 10 second ad um, so we take it it, it's insane. And, and I feel like um, and you read into what agencies do and how they're set up and um, it comes out that most of them are like, they call them like banks um, because they need to be able to get in a whole lot of money um, for their for their investors and then push out even more money. Um, and that's sort of how they work. And most of them are owned by, you know, one or two or three large groups around the world own a majority of the smaller ones. So there's no one independent. So that's sort of um, our difference. Um, we don't outsource our web development, which um, is unheard of because <laughs> a lot of our competitors, you know, outsource, um, charge five to 10,000 Australian dollars for a website, outsource it for $500, pocket the change and yeah. um, go on to their, 
then so it's common in every agency i think Oh, exactly. I mean, in the UK, it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, in the US, everywhere, they, that's just what they do, where we care much more. Um, and it's not that the others don't care, but we take an approach of we do it in-house, that when you meet with us, you're meeting with the developer, you're meeting with the designer, you're meeting with the strategist, um, and that's how we do things. So we're very big on coming to our office, let's have a chat versus um, necessarily let's hop on Zoom or let's hop on Skype as yeah. sort of the first option. We do that because we work with clients um, from all over Australia and all over the world, but we take a bit much more personal approach to to what we do and how we do things. Mm. Um, how have you found that personal approach in relation to the types of clients that you end up saying yes to? Yeah, so uh, what what ends up happening, I find, is that we end up saying no to a lot more clients than than you would think um, because not everyone wants to meet and not everyone we, – we meet a lot of people who just – you know, who were told by someone else, um, you know, they're really time poor, these these business owners, but they've been told, mate, get a website. Yeah. Um, that will blow up your business. And all they want is a website. They don't, they don't care about anything else, um, which usually leads to us saying, sorry, you know, you, we're probably not suited to working together because we need someone who's invested in a website as a as say a marketing tool or a sales tool or a, or a business development tool, not someone who wants a website because a website's what they were told they need, um, which, which is surprisingly a lot of people. So yeah, end up saying, still get that sort of mentality, even though the amount of information that is accessible to any single person on the planet, you still oh, get people that are just like, no, no man, I just want a website. It's crazy. It is crazy. I, I've had a number of people who, you know, they're just getting started and want a $10,000 website because they were told they need a, a website that does X, Y, and Z. You know, mm-hmm. I was talking to, uh, towards the end of last year, a, a guy who wanted to launch his own taxi company. Fantastic. Um, but he was told that he needs to build a taxi platform um, website that allows you to schedule the taxi, track taxis, et cetera, et cetera. Now, it's nothing, it's not rocket science for us. We could have done it. But he hasn't even sort of landed his first taxi client. Um, so all I said to him was just go, go out there, get business cards. You know, we can design business cards for you or spend $20 on Vistaprint and go out there and find yourself 10 clients and then come back to us. Yeah. Um, back to like proper business, basically. Exactly. Just just old school business yeah. um, and then multiply multiply the effects and the efficiencies by adding technology as, as a layer on top yeah, versus, that's... you know, using technology as as the business. Exactly. That's super refreshing to hear that from a marketing agency because, <laughs> like you said, I, I think there's, first and foremost, there seems to be every man and his dog owns a marketing agency of mm-hmm. some kind. Uh, they seem to be popping up everywhere thanks to, you know, Russell and Sam. Um, but it's... It's so refreshing to hear that you're you still advising the, you know, the, that sort of taxi app guy to be like, no, look, go and discover if this is a tangible product because I'm willing to bet that you know he he could have left your offers and gone to another person and and ended up spending that 10k on a website, right? He, he could have done that. Um, but for you, why is it so important to have like the values of your customers? at the forefront i know that's a ridiculous question because why wouldn't you 
shouldn't everyone be doing that? Exactly. Shouldn't, but that's shouldn't the that be the core of the business? Word, right? is, shouldn't <laughs> everyone? Because let's face it, they don't. Exactly. I mean, um, the thing is, I can I can easily sometimes I still catch myself sort of going down the road of ego, for example. Um, and, and by that, I mean, you know, oh, this client has a massive budget. Why don't we just make something that is just a website that is visual art? It's just beautiful. You know, the animations are stunning. But then I ca- got to catch myself and go, let's pair it back and let's see how it ident- let's see how it tracks with business goals because um, often these works of art are distractions yeah. um, if people could understand them at all, you know. Um, and at the end of the day, a website doesn't need to be a $10 million work of art. Mm-hmm. It needs to be the equivalent of 100 salespeople out there or um, 100 help and support people. Um, that's sort of what businesses need um and it also comes back to i i have this you know a little bit of a a big dream of um just having as much of an impact as possible and i know a lot of people have that sort of thought process but um i'm very well positioned and we're very well, well positioned as a as a business to be able to provide that because we use technology every day. We are in marketing. Um, so we know how to um, multiply our voice and mm. expand it across. Um, so by underpinning what we do with what we believe are very solid sort of values and, and core beliefs, um, we can magnify this voice um, that is much more, I guess well positioned and well in, well intended. Um, it's just about you know what we get in return. It's it's a bit selfish. People think we're being very you know oh that's so awesome that you guys do it. But to be honest, there's nothing better than hearing back from a client who said what well, the business is growing, the business yeah. is doubled, the business is tripled, whatever yeah, exactly. it is. It's like why wouldn't you want to hear that as a hey, just as a human? Why wouldn't you exactly? Want to exactly. I mean, but but a lot of other people would rather take the five grand, pay someone five hundred bucks, and give you yeah. what it what is. It, it is a website that you receive, but it's not. Um, it's not the same thing. It's no. every website. It's just like every car is not it's, the same thing. It's a thing. transaction, isn't it? Rather than your you know, exactly that, that business method is so transactional. Whereas what you're saying, you guys do, is very much the transformational, the education, everything that comes with it, which is, you know, why you guys are why you guys are where you are. And and so my next question is I would love to go back to the beginning. You know, yeah. back to the beginning of future theory. And how did you start this? How did you start growing this business to where it is today? Yeah. So back when I was about 13, I had my first client. Um that was basically someone looking for video editing support. And, um, you know, I got paid 200 bucks for that, that job. Um, I think I did the the numbers and I would have paid myself maybe $5 an hour. Um, if that, but I was 13 and 200 bucks at the end of the day, you know, client at 13 as well. It was was awesome. You know? Um, so that was, that was a first thing. And that was a video editing project that then the next year, I ended up building a website for them and those guys are still still clients of ours today. So we've been through three iterations of their website since that original one that I built um, back then. I, you know, 
I was still at school, obviously, and I did um, I did a work experience sort of period with them, and so on and so forth. So they've been very much part of that that growth and journey that I've been through. And um, I've actually got two clients that I had when I was thirteen, between thirteen and fifteen, who still work with us today. So that was that was sort of the the genesis. Um, it was in a similar space in video editing and and um, web design development but over the years um going through school and looking at the opportunities i realized that there's much more room for growth and much and our offering is much more solid if we can encompass it all and sort of Mm. give it give it to everyone as like a full service package um and that's how the marketing strategy side sort of came in so um over the last few years we've we've evolved um when we started off we had a different name we we um were called new main which is sort of an amalgamation of the last bit of Jermaine and um, the first bit of another name of mine because I'm Sri Lankan and we've got a lot of names. Classic <laughs> <Big> name mixer. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it was a very amateur move, um, but it worked at the time. But, yeah. you know, I got a little bit over people saying, oh, new main, it's like Jermaine, but, you know, as if I'd never but heard new. it before. As if you're like, <laughs> yeah. you're like no, 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 it, it's this. It, it, Taglines going, look, guys, this is what it means. Exactly. <laughs> you know, this plus this equals this. Yeah. Um, but um, so we changed to future theory a few years ago, and um, I've got my brother, younger brother on board as a co-founder as well now. Um, exactly. We're an Australian family business. He is an amazing um, developer. Um, so he's he's left a job at an agency where he was he was senior developer. Um, he became senior developer in his early twenties. So, um, sort of gives you an idea of Not, what his capacity. What's is. the competition between you guys like? There's no competition. Uh, um, you're, you're winning. Well, no, I just see him <laughs> as he's really good at what he does, and I don't, I don't, um, I, I can't compete against that. And, yeah. and I don't need to. Um, it's overall, not around like the Christmas dinner table, then you know. Well, around the Christmas dinner table, it's interesting because my parents are very traditional. Um, mm-hmm. My sisters follow that very traditional route. So, you know, she works at one of the big four consulting agencies. Yeah. Um, so, again, that conversation's fairly, fairly muted, <laughs> I yeah. would say, when it comes to work. Because that's quite, you know, that's quite an interesting one, though, because in terms of family and environment around when you were 13, did you know that you wanted to, obviously you knew you wanted to design websites and go into marketing, but did you know it would be for yourself? Did you know it was going to be like, Oh, I'm going to make a business. Uh, No, no, to be honest. um, I, you know, when I was 18, 17, I was thinking I'd go down the software engineering route. Um, I'd, we had neighbors when we lived in Sri Lanka who were really big into business. Mm. Um, but we also, I also saw how they used loans to inflate their lifestyle and how that got out of control. Um, my, my, um, I've got other family members, close family members who are very big into business. And I've seen how it sort of ate away at their personal life just because mm. they were so absorbed by it. They were consumed by business. Um, my dad, my, both my parents are quite, entrepreneurial i would say but not in a business sense just in more like a they know how to hack things together they know how to sort of get through life and make do with what they've got um on a desert island they'd be fine exactly they're the ones who would find solutions who'd get who'd be sorted you know yeah yeah. Um, most entrepreneurs would be like oh my god what do i do 
<laughs> exactly. I don't have a computer. Where yeah. is Google? You know, where's my PA? Um, <laughs> or my VA? Um, yeah. Modern times, especially modern. nowadays. Yeah. Exactly. Get it. Get with it. Um, so there was that sort of side where, I, and I knew my dad had been. You know, he'd been given offers around entrepreneurial stuff and becoming manager, etc. But we just never went down that road because we, my parents, grew up with not a lot. So they, they sort of instilled the values in us of just get a good job, preferably public service, um, get a buy a house off that job because you can now get a mortgage and stable. That's it. Stability was just it. Um, Which which makes sense. Parents probably want for their kids anyway, no matter sort of a culture or anything. Yeah. Yeah. I I would agree. Um, But I guess for my parents, there was that undertone of um, they'd grown up in, you know, through a civil war in Sri Lanka, um, a lot of unrest. Um, They'd, um, they didn't, they, they wanted stability. That was their bar for stability was much lower. I would say, you know, they just didn't, they just wanted peace and they just wanted um, a a decent job, a decent income, nothing crazy. Um, you know, not, nothing material, like apart yeah. from a house, you know, no, no fancy cars. That was not what they were instilling mm-hmm. in us. You mentioned, you touched upon the the balance aspect. How do you balance, you know, business and personal life to make one work with the other? Yeah, uh, for me, I find it's just a, it's a compromise, right? It's just an ever, ever, never ending um conversation with my partner it's never any conversation with all my friends around me um and and of course just the the beauty and the difficulty with having your own business is that you can work as much or as little as you want um and i find that some people get trapped in that because they decide you know i'm gonna have a four-day work week that's perfectly fine but if your business can't sustain that then, you know, maybe you shouldn't be doing that. So I just find that it's just an ever-evolving conversation of, you know, oh, what are you doing this weekend? Okay, you're going to go get your nails done. I might duck into the office for a couple of hours. Or, yeah. um, you know, it's it's your turn to cook dinner tonight. Um, I'll, just, I'll just be at work for an extra hour or two because, let's be honest, I would have just been playing FIFA um, in the <laughs> lounge, being no help anyway. So yeah. um, that's how that's my approach to it and um, super honest with each other just gotta exactly i mean i'm very big on conversations just gotta just gotta chat whether it's clients mm. whether it's partners whether it's family um and i'm very big on recognizing when my body's sort of saying i'm just tired um so i mentioned fifa like i love to unwind with some fifa sometimes it's 11 p.m sometimes it's 7 p.m xbox or playstation ps4 oh man <laughs> You can't be friends. <laughs> We've well, got now they do like now they do like cross-platform playing, can't we? So it's uh... well, I don't I don't believe in pay, playing for any of that. I just you know I have my career uh, career um, team and um, just I'm all about I'm all about just just me myself and I no no chatting to friends no cross. You're, you're like in the zone. You, you're just getting it. You're going through the championships. That's it. Yes, yes. I I got I got uh, Leeds United into the Premier League, so now I've just got to win the Premier League. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> is it going to be real world event as well? Like with the coronavirus and they're stopping football, you now going to stop playing FIFA because you're like, no, I'm staying true to it. 
No, no, no joke. I thought I was thinking to myself, is FIFA going to do an update and sort of say, because because in the game I'm in December 2020, you know, what are they going to say? What are they going to do? Um, be cool I think, yeah, that'd be amazing if they did some sort of update and it just changed the way you play. I think it'd be very interesting, you know, if and you know, what if a player gets coronavirus? Do they do they then get coronavirus in the game because you can download live game like live updates and stuff yeah. like that? Interesting thing. Um and I wonder if they'll now build, you know, FIFA 2021 comes out with um, you know, your players can now get sick with with an illness that no one knows how to cure, oh, you wow. know. That'd be super interesting if they do that. <laughs> Anyway, we're digressing. Listen, back to future theory. Uh, I'm really curious to know what are you going? Where are you going with this? What's your plan over the next year? Like, what are you? What's your next building steps? Yeah, yeah. So the plan for future theory is it's evolved a little bit. About six to eight months ago, we launched our own podcast. Um, we're launching a new website in, over the next few days. Um, it's it's evolving so that we. I've hit a limit and a lot of a lot of our staff have hit a limit of how much time they can dedicate one on one. Um, so now I'm trying to and that was part of the reason why the podcast was started was trying to multiply sort of the number of people that we can help in one go. So the next steps for us is launching that new website that'll be very sort of one of the cornerstones will be content and sort of supportive content. Um, so that's what it looks like moving forward is having a lot more online resources and support um, as we grow and then slowly grow the team um, yeah. in tandem. Brilliant. Listen, for, for one of the really curious questions I'm also keen to ask is how do you make sure that you guys stay relevant in the noise of sort of, of like media marketing agencies? Uh, we don't pay attention to it. <laughs> um, they don't even have Facebook, guys. Jeez. Like, it's just a matter of running your own race. This yeah. is the thing, you know. Um, Why it, do you think, okay, so ne I'll change the question then. Why do you think so many people do get caught up in the race? Because they think that it matters. They think that they mm. think that the race is how you measure everything, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, no one's paying attention to the race. Let, let's be honest, right? Let's take let's take your favorite uh, football teams, okay? Take those favorite football teams and now talk to someone in the US. And when I say football, I mean soccer teams, right? Let's say EPL. You go for Manchester United. You're loving that, you know. Um, they've got that. They're sort of um, finally had a good streak. You talk to someone in the US. Do you think they even know who, like, they might know who Manchester United are, but yeah. they probably think Cristiano Ronaldo still plays for them. Yeah. It's because people don't care. Like, I mean, I talk to my friends and they don't know who the best agency in Canberra is. They don't, yeah. they, they don't care. And do you think clients, I mean, let's be honest, right? If, if your clients have the time to look into that, they're probably not your ideal clients because they've got way too much free time. <laughs> yeah. And, and also your, you should probably really look at how you're selling to them anyway. Exactly. If you, if you, that, that's it. If you're, if you're putting it back on them that they pick you because you don't, sorry, they pick someone else because they don't, they look like the one who's winning the race. Then you mm -hmm. really need to look at your website, your web presence, your, your content and sort of go, there's something not right here because I'm not, 
I'm not establishing the trust and I'm not doing what I what I need to be doing. So for me, it's it's quite simple. Like I um, just a really quick thing. One of my um, mentors who was my boss at one time, he I, I sort of mentioned to him, you know, how do you know? Because I asked the same question, like, how do you know and how can you tell if you're losing compared with everyone else? Said, mate, just don't don't pay attention to anyone. Um, he was in he was in business. He had a um, a clothing retailer in a fairly remote town. Um, so, you know, fairly difficult to get through. Like fashion is very competitive, so on and so forth. And um, he said over his about seven years of business, he had about probably seven competitors open and close, like close up shop while yeah. his, continued bus- his business continued to grow. And then at one point, uh, you know, halfway through the seven years, he actually purchased another store directly across the road and he ran both businesses by himself and and continued to outlast everyone else. And he said he saw them coming and going and he would provide support, but it was never never a competition because you set the parameters within which you compete. Um, that's the beauty of business. So, you know, you can say that um, I'm only going to compete against, say, web development agencies in Canberra who who develop locally in-house. Mm. Suddenly you've you've narrowed down, not in a way of cheating yourself, but in a way of going, that's if if that's truly who you compete against, then that's that's it. Yeah. Um you don't have to compete against the people who are marketing machines going around selling five hundred dollar websites for five thousand dollars because that's unfair on you. Yeah. Um, that's being way too kind to them. Know your business as well, right? Know what exactly. Product. Know who your market is, know what your product is, know what you're trying to do with it and realize that first, no one else cares. And if you care enough, you should probably just just be fair on yourself and look at really what, what you're doing versus what everyone else is doing. And ideally, you'll find that. It's that classic sorry. saying, it's a marathon, not a sprint. A sprint's a race, a marathon's your own race. And not just that, but I think um, a lot of people have sort of arbitrary dates or, or, or milestones by which they have to, you know, achieve this, this, and this. Those 10K, Sorry. isn't it? It's like the the, fir- the marketing sexiness of the 10K month. Exactly, exactly. And, and to me, I tell everyone who comes on board is that I see what we're doing as an uphill battle, not in a negative way, but in a way that we've got to work. And genuinely, I'd be happy if... I get over that, you know, the, the crest um, a day before I die. Um, yeah. Just in a sense of I want to continue to be driven. So because I set the parameters for us and everyone hopefully sets their own parameters within which they compete, once you start to push and say win within those parameters, then you move the goalposts. Just just because you've got to keep pushing yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's what's great about us entrepreneurs. We, we have that inner push in no matter what. You know, when your back's against the wall, you push. When you're winning or when you're, you know, when you're ahead on your whatever the word we want to use is you're still pushing. Uh, I think that's what a lot of people from the outside in seem to miss a lot of the time in terms of a, like the mindset that people like us have, uh, which is super interesting the way you're phrasing it. Uh, Jermaine, listen, my final question to you is if you could give three tips to a business owner to sort of, I guess, you know, with your expertise, it's probably to, maybe stand out from that crowd a little bit. Mm -hmm. What do you think those three tips should be? 
Okay, one very, very simple one. Um, look at all your platforms that you're trying to actively engage on and engage with and um, strip it down to just maybe one, okay? Um, that seems like counterintuitive, but just strip it down to one thing, then take that one thing and start creating content on that platform, whatever it may be. So ideally, ideally it would be something like YouTube or your own website. Um, I wouldn't recommend, say, trying to build out a huge fan base on Facebook just simply because, you know, Mark Zuckerberg could wake up tomorrow and decide that they don't like Steve's uh, socks and shut it down tomorrow. It's, it's a bit scary. <laughs> it's a bit scary because you don't have that control. Um, yeah. So start generating content there. And then the other thing is while you're, sim while you're doing that simultaneously, get out there and talk to real people in the real world and give them your contact details. Give them business cards. People say business cards are dead. Mm, no, I don't think they're ever going to die because they're just so convenient. I mean, saying business cards are dead is like saying junk mail or or catalogs are dead. That they're they're not. They're simply not. There's just no There's no more convenient way. God. Completely, and I think that time and place is most of the time in most places. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> it, well, it's just having that tangible thing. Yeah, it, it's yeah, a market. Yeah. It's a psychological exercise. Yeah. It's saying, "This is this is who I am." Well, I do um, think it's about teaching people how to present the, themselves. The amount of networking events I've gone to, and it's like before they even introduce their name, they've put their business card in my hand. Oh, um, definitely, definitely. Oh, the business yeah. card. The business card is sort of like inviting someone out to dinner or someone over for dinner. It's something that you do once you've got to know them and once you've made sure that there's a synergy. It's not something yeah. that you just go, hi, business card, I'm Jermaine. I started, I started running my own events because I was fed up of having that happen at events and now at my own events, it never happens. But people still love it. It's great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But so those are the three tips. And the way that works is that while you're building out, so you've, you've narrowed down to one platform, so you're going to own that platform for yourself and, and for your for your niche, and you're going to con generate content, so you're providing value. And then when you start networking with people in real life, you would ideally, ideally funnel them back to that, that platform so they can get value from you even before um, they've paid you a cent. And then that, that, that to me is a perfect um, sort of business model where that's just a cyclical thing. They, they, they get value out of you. They build trust. They come ask you for more expertise within, within what you're doing. Um, and there's a huge industry for giving out general advice, but then giving out specific advice um, that people pay for. Mm, exactly listen Jermaine thank you so much for those three tips if anyone wants to get in touch with you speak to you directly speak to you more about future theory what's the best way for them to do that best way is to go to futuretheory.com.au uh, literally the words future and theory um, on the logo behind me uh, that I that I keep cutting off with my head um, that's all I'm going to give you because that's just the best way to get in touch with me um, that they'd be the hello at futuretheory.com.au email address on there That'll come to me as well. So I'll see that if you, if you address me, I'll, I'll be sure to reach out to you. Fantastic. Jermaine, thank you so much for coming on. You've been amazing. Our conversation has been amazing. So I really appreciate your time. No worries, Stephen. Thanks. Thanks for joining me. And um, thanks for, uh, you know, turning up at the end of your day. Um, I'm sure you've had a big one. It's, it's like it's a great end to my day and a fantastic start to yours. Indeed. <laughs> 
thanks thanks again and thanks everyone for listening and watching this has been founders 365 thanks guys